Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I am your host, Victor Dadash. I hope you are having an amazing day so far. Today, we have an awesome guest. He is a serial entrepreneur. He is a back-on-yourself professional and profit-first professional at Wealth Wisdom Financial. He's also a podcast host at Wealth Wisdom FP, and he teaches people to take charge of their cash flow and leverage their assets to break through to a smart, stable financial future let's welcome brandon neely how you doing today brandon oh i'm i'm good i feel like i'm on brand today i brought i wore my uh wealth wisdom financial new shirt that i got uh and you know i i still have my old this is a this is an old coffee mug that i used to have and i don't know if you guys are listening if you're listening to this i used to own a coffee shop uh hearing serial entrepreneur uh is sometimes weird um but like yeah it's it's i didn't sell cereal though as as a second entrepreneur i did other stuff awesome well it's great to have you on the show brian i'd like to get started by asking you know you know please share your story how'd you uh, get involved in becoming an entrepreneur yeah well uh kind of going back to the the coffee mug that i have um you know, my wife and I used to be in, the, um, I don't know, just doing the corporate thing. Uh, she worked for a nonprofit. I worked for a, a big firm and um, not a financial firm, but a, but a, just a, a big company, right? And we wanted to make a difference in the world. Uh, we learned that coffee was the second most widely traded commodity in the world. Americans the number one consumer. Uh, and they were really uh, poor, a lot coffee farmers. And so we were like, hmm, let's do something about it. You, usually, if you keep hearing somebody uh, or you keep having this thought come to you, usually it's you that needs to do something. And so we launched into um, this uh, coffee shop. Uh, we We were what I call, and you're, you know, uh, talking about entrepreneurship, Going into business ownership, uh, if we knew what we knew about how hard it would have been, about all of the the pain, we probably would have gone down an easier road. Uh, however, we are idealistic entrepreneurs, which most business owners and entrepreneurs, if you step into it, you're idealistic and thinking that your mom's going to buy your stuff, uh, all that kind of thing. Um, so we got into it and uh, learned a lot along the way uh, and ultimately sold that. And now we're in uh, finance of all things. I went from coffee to money. How weird is that? Wow. So you went into finance right after that. Okay. So it's pretty cool. So you and your wife, Amanda, you worked in, in you know, corporate show, she and nonprofit, you for a big company, you guys wanted to make a difference. So you discovered that coffee was the second most widely traded uh, commodity in the world. So you did a coffee shop and like a lot of people become entrepreneurs, you discovered, uh there's some uh, adversity there a lot of uh, pain a lot of hard things to do a lot of people i think when they go into it i guess you have these idealistic idealistic views like you mentioned you think going to be kind of smooth sailing but there's always a lot of bumps around the road i think uh i think a lot of entrepreneurs find find that out when they do it so mm-hmm. 
So you sold and you went into uh, did finance. So you might talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I will tell you, if you're new in entrepreneurship, a few things that I think uh, that really helped us uh, overcome uh, the obstacles is one is know that you know that you know that you're called to it, right? Because there's going to be a lot of pain. There's going to be a lot of uh, success too, but as, especially like, uh, so you can overcome the obstacles, right? If you know that you're called to it, you will, uh, overcome it. Then you have to have a team around you and not just people that, uh, care about the products, you know, or, or your staff, but having people that care for you, that that's what really helped me and knowing your numbers, what I found is a lot of businesses don't know their numbers. They think that I'm going to just go make sales and I'll, I'll be fine about that. Uh, and so we, we kind of got into finances in this is because we, we bet, built some systems. Uh, we are huge proponents of the infinite banking system. We built this system when we had a coffee shop that, that helped us actually sell the business and not close the business. We, we could have, closed it because there was some things outside of our control that happened, but we had access to capital that we could use to ultimately sell and not close, right? Uh, using infinite banking. And then we learned about this profit first system. We thought we were the only ones that weren't paying ourselves, that were saying, oh, it'll happen eventually until we read profit first and saying, oh, wait, this is a epidemic that happens uh, in the entrepreneur space that we don't understand how to make sure that we're, we're taking care of ourselves. And uh, our business name was Overflow. We weren't taking care of us to overflow around to the, the other things, right? And having financial systems in place helped us, but we've realized we were uh, one of the uh, amazing people that were able to sell, were able to overcome it because we had a team, but it wasn't easy. And so now I want to just help uh, business owners thrive and not just barely survive. Oh, okay. Okay. Some good stuff there. So I like that. Know that you're called to it. So it'll help you overcome when you deal with adversity, which will happen pretty much to every entrepreneur. And it'll definitely make it easier to, to deal with and overcome. And know, and know that you need a team around you, especially those that care about you, which is very important. And I like you mentioned, know your numbers. A lot of people don't know their numbers. You, you're right. They just make sales and they think everything's all right. But if you don't know your sales, you know how your business is doing. There's a saying, I believe it's called, what gets measured gets managed. You cannot manage your business if you don't know the numbers. So you don't know how well you're doing, how badly you're doing, what needs to be improved, what you need to focus on. Saying, I need to do this better, do more of this, less of that. When you know your numbers, you know what to do. But if you don't know your numbers, you have no idea what the hell's going on. So that's a great point. Know your right. numbers. And um, and you mentioned, uh, and I like to, you know, you mentioned the, the infinite banking system. You mentioned how you sell the business, but not in the, but, but not close the business. Now, could you talk a little bit more about, because uh, someone, um, uh, and, and I've heard this mentioned, but I think someone I interviewed a few weeks ago also about the infinite banking system, which, very few people know about so, and I'm. I guess that you probably, when you're dealing with with clients, you you teaching us. So you might uh, tell the yeah. audience a little bit about the infinite banking system. 
Yeah. So this is where people think they know and they and they don't, or they were told by Dave Ramsey, oh, this is not not a good thing or blah, blah, blah. Uh, no, you should invest in the market, right? What I think about is investing and saving are two different things. Uh, investing and savings are two different things, uh, hands down. Your biggest investment should be you. Your biggest uh, asset is you, right? And so you want to protect your biggest asset, your biggest investment, uh, especially from a from a uh, business owner perspective. So for me, this idea of infinite banking is a properly designed, and this is where people turn off. It's a properly designed whole life insurance that has high cash value that you can access and use way before you're 59 and a half to be able to grow things in your life, whether it's, um, you know, uh, a trip with your family, maybe you take a loan to use that, right? Or for me, business ownership, thinking about how I access my policy to buy a commercial real estate building, to do the things that I that are going to help me grow, right? And so having a properly designed whole life insurance has been a cornerstone to being able to do the things that are more risky, right? What what I feel like a lot of times in our financial world is we've built upside down pyramids uh, and we've been saying, this is what we need to do. And we've divested from ourselves, put it into things that we can't access till we're 59, right? And then wonder why everything is all crazy. It's a tool that I can use to leverage and grow, whether it's in real estate, whether it's in uh, my my firm or whatever somebody's good at, right? You just have a pool of money that you can access at a low cost to grow your wealth. That's infinite yeah. banking, I feel like in a nutshell. You can go all details and, and all kinds of stuff, but it's pretty much high cash value life insurance with a, a properly designed that you can use for the stuff of life. No, that's some good stuff, Dan. You bring up the point, like, you know, you have an IRA, for example, 401k, you know, you can't touch it before you're 59 and a half, otherwise you got to do all kinds of penalties, like the 10% penalty, stuff like that. Whereas with yeah. this, you can, you know, take it out without having to worry about those penalties, and, you know, for business purposes at you know, any time. And, you know, you mentioned whole life insurance, and, and, and I'm sure you've read the same books I'm reading right now is, what would the Rockefellers do? And it talks a lot about that. Yep. Cash flow insurance, uh, whole life insurance. Um, <laughs> let's see. This one, this book right here. What yep. would the Rockefellers do? Right? Yeah. Uh, I'm a reader. Yeah. Um, there's a, another thing that if you go to Wealth Wisdom FP, uh, that's our website, Wealth Wisdom FP. We have this special report. What do you call it? Five Simple Steps to Secure Your Financial Future Outside of W-2. We kind of did what the Rockefellers do in a little PDF. So if you go there, you can download a report that my wife wrote um, to you know figure out, is infinite banking make sense? Is it helpful? How did the Rockefellers do it? And they, they figured this system out. How, why are the rich people do this? Um, another thing I think about is don't do what the banks tell you to do, do what the banks do. They're the most profitable business in the world for a reason, right? Uh, they are the largest buyer of life insurance too. So um, 
makes you go, hmm. Yeah, and and these and these life insurance companies. I remember reading the book. They've been around like 150 years. They they seem to be the most stable of all companies. They they're the longest lasting. That that their failure rate is very very small as composed to most other types of uh, companies, which have much higher failures because they're very stable in everything that they do. And like you said, mm-hmm. that, you know, banks buy a lot of life. They're the biggest buyer of it. So actually, um, and I, I remember reading. Maybe you could talk a little about it because why is like whole life insurance bad? Because people hear these different terms, term insurance. And I remember the book says term insurance is much inferior to whole life insurance. So why would whole life insurance be the, you know, much better than something like say term insurance or other types of insurance for the, for the investor? Yeah. Well, and I, I think it's, it's a hard question to answer because I don't know what is better until I have mm. even a conversation with people. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, Cause sometimes cash flow. Uh, they might not have a lot of money and and they need to at least protect their assets. So term might be an important thing, right, mm. in place. Um, and so I don't like to think about Dave Ramsey as one that says, oh, every this way, go this way and never do this other thing. Uh, so, so really thinking about, okay, what is the whole picture for somebody? How do we put those in place, right? Because um, I, I might say, Real estate is better than this, unless I don't know anything about real estate. So building a properly designed life insurance, having the right person behind you, that's why I'm a specialist, kind of like a a heart surgeon that's mutually owned, uh, non-direct recognition, which are mouthful of terms, but designing the policy that fits you, not just saying, okay, uh, this policy is better than this policy. Well, I started when I started my my uh, policies. I could only do four hundred dollars a month into a, a policy, four hundred bucks a month. I now have a policy that's quite larger. Um, if I were to have started uh, with that larger policy eight ten years ago, I wouldn't have made it, uh, right? Uh, and maybe that was better theoretically, but it's it's really designing the the system that works and whole life in my opinion is a way of it's it's not a uh silver bullet it is a placeholder that you can then use to better your financial future building a solid foundation uh access to capital being able to lower or raise um so that you can better your financial future but it's it's a subjective thing right because um, is it good to sell a business, right? I don't know. Um, depends on all the other things that go around it, right? Does that make sense? No, it, it does make sense. And um, so I guess those are like, and this is like kind of moves into the next question I want to ask. So it's like, you know, I guess these are some of the things you look for when you want to do a big pivot in your business using the profit first. So could you talk a little bit more about that when you know what, you, what you're looking for when you want to make that big pivot and, you know, and and what you know when you know it's yeah. time to do it. Yeah, I think both uh, infinite banking and profit first are cash flow management systems, right? So with profit first, it's really thinking about profit coming first, then your pay, right? Then uh, uh, the operation expense and taxes, right? There's five different accounts that one of my. 
within the profit first system. One of my banks just happened to be a life insurance policy, but a little different nuance. But um, the numbers tell me when I need to pivot, right? When I need to make a change. And and I like to think about it as making 1% adjustments, right? It's the little adjustments over time that get us to where we go, want to go. Uh, and I'm making pivots every day, right? But I'm engaging with my numbers. I'm engaging knowing the profit first system, knowing how it's paying me, or or building a profitable business and those numbers tell a story and i can make those adjustments or pivots whether it's a big one buying a commercial real estate building like we did a couple months ago or it's a little one changing uh, email subscribers i don't know uh those kind of things Okay, so your numbers will tell you what adjustments to make. And I like the little 1%, little adjustments over time that, that that will make the difference. And I think a lot of people, I, I think they want the big home run every single day. They think I'll do this and boom. But a lot of times it's doing those little adjustments because it compounds over time. You make those little adjustments over three months, six months, a year, you get big results as a result of those little adjustments. I think a lot of people, if they understood compounding better, they would know to do what you just said, make those little adjustments each yeah. and every day. And then you're going to get those big results in the long run. So compound is very important. So that was a great point you just made here. And you mentioned something called the still method, which is about getting centered and clear and being able to have more profit. Can you talk a little bit about the still method? Yeah. Well, and I want to go back like that home run thing. I just sure, want sure. to, you know, this, this is like that Babe Ruth kind of thing. You know how many strikeouts did Babe Ruth have, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we don't ever talk about that, but he he didn't. Uh, from what I'm not a big baseball fan, but uh, I know that he had a lot of strikeouts, right? Uh, and just thinking about, we only see in our Instagram world what what we want people to see. We don't see the heartache, the under the the iceberg, if you will. Uh, all of those things where this instant success happens. It's those 1% adjustments that maybe they made a 1% adjustment and all of a sudden that just hit, right? Uh, we only saw them halfway through the, you know, through their scenario, right? They might see me and say, you're successful. Well, they don't know. I had a, a coffee shop and all kinds of pain that happened there. So, uh, this is where I go into thinking about the still method. So the inverse of still method, and we've we thought a lot about this, uh, is chaos. Uh, I don't know if you've been in this experience, but uh, ever been in a place that's confusing, haphazard, anxious, overwhelming, and stressful? Yeah. Uh, doesn't that feel like our world right now? Confusing, yeah. haphazard, anxious, overwhelming, mm -hmm. and stressful. Definitely, it does. We wonder why why all the stats are blinking red in the negative, right? As far as mental health, as far as finance, is because we're in chaos. Most people are in chaos, don't know what's going on. And what we need to do is step back. This is kind of where I look at my faith and say, okay, where do I need to go? I, I, again, my faith is saying, okay, uh I don't know, Jesus is, is who we kind of look at. And he says, be still, right? But it's, it's stepping back, right? Setting your sights. Where do I want to go? 
what kind of plan do I want to be? Uh, person do I want to be? It's not just money, though money is part of it. What kind of parent? What kind of business? What kind of uh, you know husband? So setting your sights. That's reverse engineering, but you have to step back. You have to live with it, be in the quiet, right? Then the S moves into T, which is track. You're in and out. Track, um, you're in and out. That's budgeting. Maybe you're budgeting your time. Maybe you're budgeting uh, your your time with your family or, or those kind of things, right? Then you have to inspect. That's the I, instill. Inspect the progress. Right. What are the things that we need to to do, uh, or just looking, saying what's the story that tells me? Inspect. Then we look for one percent adjustments. That's that micro adjustments, and live deliberately. Live deliberately into this, uh, whatever it is that I want. I want this business to be this way. I want this um, thing to be doing this fa family uh, health. All that. And then you go back because it's a active thing, right? Uh, you may be doing the still method um, daily, right? Uh, in different areas. But it's around money because I've, I feel like a lot of times our finances directly correlate with our mental health. Uh, and we wonder why we're, we have a problem. Well, when the market goes down, mental health uh, issues go up. All right, that, that's sad. No, it is. No, I like that. So step back. You talk about Jesus, faith, be still, and you know, being still. And you know, you ask yourself, where do I want to go? What kind of person want to be? You think you talk about track, T, budgeting your time and your money, um, inspect, you know, progress, and you know, you know how things are going. Out, look for adjustments in life. The you know, you know, deliberate. And being deliberate with these things, so I, I I like that little acronym there. It makes a lot of sense, and yeah. especially in this day and age, like you said, there's a lot of kids, a lot of things going on, uh, you know, a lot of you know all kinds of things going on. So sometimes we, like you said, we need to just take a step back, go back, and it's really really helpful. And uh, another thing I like to ask you about is, and you know, this you know work, you know, again goes to what we just talked about. What are some of the ways you know we can be more thoughtful about the social impact of how we use our money? Yeah, I think that that's a bigger, huge question, right? Um, and why I think about like buying ethical coffee was so important for me. Uh, I realized like I buy and I purchase with my, I vote with my dollars all the time, right? Uh, so how do I best vote with my dollars to be making it align with my values? Uh, you know, I was you know faith background but i see a lot of times as i do financial analysis with people that what their values really are right uh based off of their their money habits right the the way i kind of think about it is kind of even taking care of ourselves profit first system uh the tithe model uh is you know give 10% to god right well, you got to make sure you take care of yourself. There's another book called Richest Man in Babylon. And he says, 10% of all you earn is for you to keep, right? Well, that's kind of the tithe model, except you're taking care of you as well, right? Uh, and I'm like, hmm, that seems like uh, makes sense. 
but most people don't think about that and why you have to be intentional about this because you know here's the here's the other thing everyone has a plan for your money i mean watch youtube for five minutes watch uh commercials there's a plan for your money uh you know your kids have a plan for your money um you know you, you have to like be intentional and say what do i value whether it's ethical economics you know coffee you know those kind of things be intentional about that and be relentless you know because um you know marketing is going to happen whether you like it or not right it's just the way it is no and yeah right it's because marketing is going to happen whether you like it, it's going to happen anyway and you know what we had is making a line with your values and you set people's values you could sell from the, from the way they do their money and you mentioned it. the funny thing is when you were talking about infinite bang all this other things i was thinking of the book the richest man in babylon i actually was going to ask you that next and you actually brought it up it's a great book to read it's it's 100 pages it's a very quick read i, I highly recommend it to everyone and it definitely talks yeah. about paying yourself first the successful people always pay themselves first other people pay everyone else first and they pay themselves last and that's a formula for failure so you need to pay yourself first. Take care of the most important asset, like you said, which is yourself. You're your best investment. Invest in yourself and definitely do that. Now, as we're getting toward the end of our interview, are there any uh, any final uh, you know pieces of advice you'd like to share with our audience? I think the, the main thing I want people to really think through is don't be like everyone else. Like you know, don't be a lemming going off a cliff is what they say. Right. A lot of they just follow everybody else. Don't just listen to Dave Ramsey or listen to me or or Victor. Right. But but learn for yourself uh, and wrestle with the numbers. Right. Wrestle, wrestle with that. Don't put your head in the sand like an ostrich and wonder why uh, things have happened. Uh, you know, I, I guess that's the other thing. Don't be a victim You know, in that. Like we can all play victim easy, but. Take 100% responsibility for your money, your uh, what you want. Take a respons 100% responsibility and go for it and and learn, educate yourself. Whether it's infinite banking, uh, whether it's profit first, you know, there's people who want to guide you and help you, um, you know, and learn from them. Like, you know, but, but realize uh, we're all on a journey, right? All of us. So learn from them, take the best and run. And, and then if a policy makes sense, go for it. Find, find me, you know, uh, I, I will help you do what I can. Uh, but ultimately it's up to you, the listener to do the things that you can do. Right. That's the main thing. I think. No, I thought those are some awesome points there. Number one, don't be like everyone else. And I think, the tendency of everyone is to try to do what everyone else does. And the unfortunate truth is most people do not have the results uh, that we really want. So if you try to do what everyone else does, you'll get the yeah. same results that they do. And for the vast majority of people, it's not that good. In fact, very often what, what people tend to do is they do the wrong thing. And I remember Warren Buffett, Buffett said, when people get greedy, I get fearful. And when people get fearful, I get greedy. So what he does is he often watches what most people do. And he often will do the opposite thing because he knows very often they'll lead to a, 
much better results. And he's, you know, wrestle with the numbers, learn your numbers, and don't be a victim. It's so easy to be a victim. And the problem is when you're a victim, you think that outside forces, outside people are responsible for everything that happens to you. And then you're never going to take any action. You're not going to be solution oriented or, or problem, you know, solving problems. You're going to figure out what's the point. And then nothing changes in your life. So you, you mentioned take 100% responsibility for your life, for your money, because you, you're ultimately responsible for it. You know, the, uh, right. Jim Rohn said, you can't hire someone to do your push-ups for you. You can't hire someone to take care of your money for you to be successful. You have to take the initiative and do it. So, and the most successful people all take 100% responsibility for everything. So that was a great point. And, and you yeah. mentioned educators. Don't just, you know, don't just accept what everyone says is the gospel. Try to learn as much you can, as much as you can. Educate yourself, learn as much as you can, and then make an intelligent decision. And then you can make the best choice for yourself. So listen, Brandon, it's been a real pleasure and honor having you on this show. Uh, you shared a lot of great wisdom and value. I really enjoyed having you on. So I want to just thank you for being on the show. And before I let you go, Brian, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, you can find me on YouTube at Wealth Wisdom Financial. If you look on YouTube, if you look on podcasts, go find me on the podcast, uh, Wealth Wisdom Financial. I don't know, just, just Google it. I mean, you, know, uh, you guys are all pretty smart, right? So look up if Wealth Wisdom Financial. Uh, Wealth Wisdom FP is our website. If you go to www.wealthwisdomfp.com slash report, that's wealthwisdomfp.com slash report, you can download five simple steps to secure your financial future outside of W2, where we kind of walk through, it's a little book almost like, like literally it's like 10 pages. So little, little book, uh, but five simple steps to secure your financial future outside of W2. It's at wealth wisdomfp.com slash report. Awesome. Thanks again, Brad. Really appreciate it. Have yourself an amazing day. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Victor. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.